Hey, hey, y'all, you are listening to Definitely Not For Everyone with me, your girl, Nicolette, and my co-host, Diana. We are here today, y'all. I am so <laughs> excited. I'm feeling so blessed. I'm like, I, I feel like I made it. You know what I mean? Because we are talking today with Christina Haswood. She's amazing because she is our Kansas House representative in District 10. She is an indigenous woman from the Navajo tribe. She's the youngest woman in legislature, amazing basketball player. I saw you girl. Um, <laughs> um, and she's the third native American in history of the Kansas legislature. There's so much more to her, um, but that's what this conversation is gonna be about is to learn about her, to say thank you to her. Um, and to see what is next. Um, so welcome to the show. Please say hello to the audience. Hello. Hello, I'm so excited to be here today. Um, unfortunately, I'm not the youngest because Representative Lindsey Vaughn beats me by like a few months. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah, so she's 26 too. Um, but other than that, we're killing it. And then I'm so happy to be in the Kansas State Legislature with, um, Another incoming Indigenous woman, Representative Stephanie Byers, who's also the first transgender representative in the state of Kansas. So a lot to be excited about. I'm so excited wow. to come out with this amazing group of women. Kansas is doing some things, huh? <laughs> oh, yeah. Wow. And the hard work I'm impressed. <laughs> yeah. Okay, you go ahead, Kansas. Yes. Um, so I can only speak for me and Diana. But TikTok um, has made the world a little bit easier. You are one of the things that made the world a little easier for me to take, especially during this pandemic, um, oh. racial reckoning that was happening, like all the things. Mm -hmm. Your TikToks made me happy. You don't have a lot of TikToks, but the ones that you do have, like compared to like, you know, <laughs> but the ones you do have made me feel like, okay, maybe, maybe everything is going to be okay. <laughs> I can't dance like that's what, you that's know like say, you're a cute dancer you like, are you did the renegade thing I was I like I... <laughs> no I, I feel like that's like not because I don't have a lot of videos that's like a lot of TikTok it's like dancing True. and singing so I, I'm, I'm a little limited with that but <laughs> yeah but your ball skills I was I like, <laughs> you guys ball you guys ball up no no <laughs> No. <laughs> I'm massage ballers. I used to a long time but ago, but no. <laughs> it's been a long time. <laughs> um, so I mean, I know I said this already, but I have you here basically to say thank you. Thank you for being you. Thank you for doing the things that you do. Thank you for being on TikTok and for me being able to find you. Like, thank you. And thank you so much. And I give all this prep and everything to um, my TikTok manager, I like to call him. His name is Connor Thrash, and he is a senior in high school. And he helped me formulate the idea because wow. I wanted to get into TikTok. I just didn't know how. And being 26, it's like you're on the brink of being too old. <laughs> It's like it's a little not cute anymore um so it's funny how that all happened because I told my campaign manager I want to do this I don't know how I love TikTok and he's like oh let's try it so the first couple of videos that flopped were the ones that we tried and we're both he's 25 and 26 and then finally Connor hit me up in the dms and he's like hey I let, me help you out. <laughs> he's like, let me help <laughs> help like, I can help you <laughs> <laughs> exactly and I was telling him I was like you know literally last night I was telling my campaign manager Damien like I we need help and I don't know who to help like who I can call for help but he totally did 180 with the TikTok and he was the one who well you know he had time to look up what was trending and I think the biggest part too is what was appropriate for a politician to do. Right, right, right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> wow, well, that so was he did perfect. all that research. He did a he did a great job. He a did a great job in high school. That is amazing. Mm -hmm. um, oh my goodness, that's so funny. 
<laughs> so usually how we begin our conversations is um, we end up, I forgot to tell you this. Usually we like to try to define ourselves. And I know some people don't like to define themselves. So just kind of like how you're feeling today, maybe like two or three sentences. Um, me and Diana will start off first so you kind of get an idea of what that's about. Okay. Um, Di, you want to go? I well, I, I always you. start off, everybody knows the same thing. I am always, because I'm always cold and hungry. So around this time, so <laughs> that's how I'm feeling today. A little cold, a little hungry, but happy and grateful to meet you and to have you here with us today. You are an inspiration and we appreciate you and everything you do. So thank you for that. And I'm feeling good. Today's a good day. Today's a good day. You know? Got work done. Kids didn't bother me. I have three kids, three men. Uh, 26 is my oldest. I have a 21-year-old and a 14-year-old. And uh, things went pretty good today. So I'm grateful. Grateful. Had a school meeting. Got good news about the 14-year-old. So this is a good day, mama. It's a good <laughs> <Yeah>. day. <Hey. laughs> wow. <laughs> you don't look like you have a 26-year-old. Right? right? Doesn't she look good? She's so fly. <laughs> <laughs> gorgeous. Um, yes. Yes. Thank you. You're kind. <laughs> um, so are you though, girl, Christina. You be like glowing and shit. Oh, I got a ring light. Like I got the lighting. <laughs> Don't let that fool you. <laughs> um, so me define myself. I always say this, but um, I'm half Japanese, half Guyanese, black. Um, I was born in Guyana, came to the U.S. when I was about four or five years old, um, grew up in Brooklyn, BK, baby. Um, <laughs> you're so cute. Um, and, um, I have two kids. I got a husband. I'm a massage therapist. So whenever you come to New York, Christina, you better stop on by girl. Um, and, uh, how I'm feeling today I'm feeling really like, I, I think I already said that I'm feeling blessed and I'm feeling mm -hmm. like I made it because Christina said she was going to come on the show today. Like I'm done. I could drop the mic and it's all done. <laughs> <laughs> so your turn, Christina girl. I, you know, I'm like, how real should I be? <laughs> like, Up to you, whatever you feel comfortable with. Exactly. Exactly. I, I feel like a mix of emotions. Mm -hmm. um, and that's just becoming that, that's coming from being so excited to be here with, you know, you gorgeous women of color. Oh, Thank my God. You. I, anytime Thank I get to talk you. to a woman of color, it's just like a safe, like, yes. warm feeling just because, you know, politics is less diverse. Um, yes. to say the least. Isn't um, everything less diverse? <laughs> <laughs> it seems like anyway, go ahead. Yeah, <laughs> uh, we all need to work on that. But <laughs> um, I would say, I guess, to start off on the rough side, I'm a freshman. Um, this is like my fifth, sixth week, mm. and things have been moving fast. Um, I feel like I, you know, I'm, I'm just like, could I have prepared myself better? What could mm. I have done better? And then I talked to my office um, assistant who helped run my campaign. And she's like, you're killing it. I'm like, Are you yes. sure? like, I feel like I could do better. And it's just like always coming down to I'm my biggest critic. Yeah. Mm. And I'm always comparing myself. Um, mm. But sometimes I really have to like sit myself down and I commute from Lawrence to Topeka, which is 30 minutes. So that's <laughs> a good amount of time by myself. Um, and I always reflect like, you know what? I'm, I'm doing good, you yes. know, I'm proud of myself. Yes. And yes. it's really hard for me to really, you know, say that to myself, because I feel like mm -hmm. I should always do better. And I always feel like my job can be taken away from me at any moment. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, on the flip side of that, I'm extremely grateful to be here. Yes. Uh, I'm so happy that I got voted in for the values yes. I believe in. 71% girl. <laughs> you earned it, mama. You earned it. Yes. That's because they believe in you, boo. Yes. yes it's yes. all yours. You earned it. You put the work in and that mm -hmm. was the reward, you know? So, so being yes. you, like, how cool is that's, that? Like, oh my goodness. Being you, you know what I mean? Like, that's the coolest. Yeah. And, I, you know, I sometimes look at my colleagues who might not have such a supportive community like I come from. Mm. Um, but, you know, that's what I'm lucky and blessed about. And, you know, um, 
family's all healthy and waiting yes. to get my second COVID shot next, next week. So, um, and, you know, just thinking about that and, <laughs> you know, always thinking about like the well-being of my community and my state and I come yeah. from a public health background. So, you know, I always want to, to help and whatnot. And um, yeah, a lot of things running through my mind and it kind of goes in waves like that. And just sometimes mm-hmm. you'll see me at work, like just with my AirPods and I'm just listening to music because I don't, I want to tune everything out for just like a yeah. minute or two. Um, yes. That's a good way to, that um, is, yeah, that is to go about that. Yeah. And TikTok is my choice of relaxation. <laughs> <laughs> Hours too. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes, girl, before bed. After yeah, putting right. these children to sleep, that's right. It's me and TikTok. That's me right. And TikTok. Um, so speaking of family, I just want to head straight into the questions now. But can you give me? I always find people's like backstory so interesting, right? And like all the people that I've been and Diana and I have been interviewing so far, like you guys to us or to me too, it just seemed like superheroes. You know what I mean? Um, so hearing people's backstories is super cool. So can you tell oh, us your backstory? Like what was your childhood like? Can you paint me a picture of like how you grew up and like, did you have both parents and did you have siblings? Like what was the most like difficult thing that you might have had to endure during your childhood? Like mm-hmm. things like that? Yeah, so um, I'm, Navajo from the Navajo Nation originally and both my parents are from the reservation they're Navajo as well English is their second language mm-hmm. um so I get a lot of eye raises when I tell people I'm Navajo and I'm from Kansas because that just doesn't mix because we're originally <laughs> from Arizona New Mexico Colorado Utah area mm-hmm. um so the story on that is my dad came to Haskell Indian Nations University here in Lawrence which is actually in my district as well he came to play basketball so that's where I got that was, that was- all right daddy got skills all right <laughs> yes so he played college ball um and then my mom was um they met at the Grand Canyon because that's I guess the thing to do back then to after oh. high school and he went to college and then he came back and it was cute. Like they wrote love letters and stuff and like phone calls, like, where's that? Just kidding. Um, <laughs> no shade in my partner. <laughs> but, um, but, you know, somehow in the mix, I got made <laughs> accidentally. <laughs> um, and I say accidentally because they had me when they're like 21 and 22. <laughs> um, yes. <laughs> And so um, with that, they kind of had to evaluate their life. Do I want to raise this child and my future family on the reservation? Or do I want to raise them off the reservation in this place called Lawrence, Kansas? And they weighed out the disparities and, you know, they just thought there was a better opportunity out here. So that's how I became an urban native, um, as they say. And they first, you know, not a lot of our family was out here and if they were they were going to college so and they were only 21 22 my dad had to drop out of college um and he started to work at a place called taco john's which is kind of like taco bell here um okay. so i tease people that i've been eating taco john since the- <laughs> <laughs> like i love taco john's <laughs> and um he was like the manager there or something yeah. and he their first apartment was in this area in my district called Red Bud Lane. It's kind of like, like the low income cockroaches. Okay. Like you know, my mom was saying she heard gunshots. Like <laughs> yes, okay. Like, yes. Kind of I've like lived, I've lived we know that well, like don't that. we? Yes, we yes, know that we well here in New York. Yes, mm-hmm. go ahead. Yes. Something like that, and um, you know, they somehow made it on to. I think when I was three or four, they moved to another apartment. And they got to get on Section 8 housing funding um, and get more of a more out of that neighborhood area. And with that, it was funny because I didn't know it was Section 8 funding. And it wasn't until I was in college when I was learning about those like social programs. Mm-hmm. And I called my mom after class one day and I was like, I remember sitting in the apartment office and it took like an hour or two. And I would just like be playing Barbies or something. Was that when we were just like, yep. Yep, that's why yeah. we so long those like once in a year thing. I was like, oh, okay. yes. it's weird because they never really shared, shared those struggles with me. 
Mm -hmm. um, which is good, I guess. Um, and I, I, I think that's how most parents, I'm not a, I'm not a parent yet. Yes. Um, yes. So sure you guys can chime in here that you want the best for your children and you want yeah. to, you know, uh, I assume, you know, kind of definitely bury yeah. them or not. Yeah. Bury, yeah bury no, them. you want to like shield them from yeah. all of the difficulties and all mm -hmm. of the stuff so that they don't have to worry about anything right so that they just concentrate on the things that you want them to concentrate on which is like mm -hmm. school so that they can get themselves out of whatever situation you're in and you know have something better later on so yeah I totally get that me too mm -hmm. yeah and I tell my parents I was like I never felt poor like I never right. I knew I I knew the other childhood children that I played with, they only had single parents, but I never really questioned it um, until you really get into this educational Western system that tells you that you're poor. And exactly. <laughs> totally. exactly. They're happy to tell you that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> exactly. Mm -hmm. I was the same way. I had no idea. You know, everyone was like, yeah, I lived in the projects in the Bronx and it didn't feel like the projects. The building was clean. I just thought I lived in the building. Building was clean. We had grass, you had trees, you, you know, ride your bike. Everybody had their door open, you know, the neighborhood looked for each other. It wasn't until much later, it got dangerous and, you know, mm -hmm. drugs and everything came in and things changed. But my upbringing and people was like, oh my God, you was from the Bronx, from those projects. And I was like, I don't know what y'all was talking about because my childhood was great. I didn't know anything was wrong until people told me it was wrong. No idea. No idea. So I get it. I understand. Yeah. 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 Until society tells you otherwise. But we were a community. Everyone looked out for each other. Everyone, you know, took care of each other. So mm -hmm. it was my childhood. Was, right. Yeah. Was that the yeah. same for you, Christina? Um, yeah, I would say, you know, definitely not compared to the Bronx. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> definitely not that. Um, but it was a little taste of that. And, you know, back in the day where we all could play and ride our bikes around without having to worry too much about it. Exactly. Um, but yeah, and when I talked to my mom and, you know, asking her about, you know, cause a lot of people would ask me about my background and we were, we walked through this and she's like, honestly, my goal in life when I was younger was to have my own house in which they have their own townhouse now. And mm -hmm. she was like, you know, that was one of my biggest goals. And she, she was like, I didn't know anything about mortgages and stuff. And so she had to go to our local, um, oh, it's like this nonprofit um, center where they give out free classes. And one of them was like how to buy a house and like how mm -hmm. to, you know, mortgage 101. And she said that she would go to those, those cl uh, classes and stuff and teach herself um, wow. how to do that. So I think I get a lot of my resiliency from her. Mm -hmm. um, but anyways, that's pretty much the, you know, how we got to our townhouse. But um when I was about five or six, five, five or four, probably my mom ended up, uh, my dad never finished college, but my mom ended up going to college at Haskell New Nations University as well. It's an all Native American tribal college university, similar to HBCUs. Um, and that oh. sense where we celebrate like our culture. Yes. Um, yeah. So, um, it was back in the day where you could still bring your kid to class. So she would bring me because they couldn't afford childcare. And I remember going to class with her and I would bring my little backpack and my coloring book and crowns. And I would try to take notes like her, <laughs> even though I had no idea how to write anything. And, um, you know, that's, that's what I remember. And I think that really sparked my interest. Like college was never a question for me. It's like, okay, I'm going to go there. I didn't know where, which, which college to go to. Um, but I grew up with that influence. Um, of course I played sports too, basketball, volleyball. I'm five, seven. Five, eight on a good day so I'm pretty tall <laughs> on a good day you're funny <laughs> oh yeah so somewhat tall yeah. um but yeah that's pretty much you know in public schools too um went through k through 12 there and played the violin oh wow uh, so like what was your experience like in school were there um a lot of other indigenous people in the class or were you the one of none like you know what I mean mm -hmm. there was actually a good group and it's because uh this college Haskell Nations University is in Lawrence and um 
you know, sometimes people start families on accident <laughs> and just, you know, the, the life here is just a little bit better than the comparison to maybe a reservation where many grew up mm -hmm. on, like my parents did. So they end up staying here, finishing out their college education and getting a job here. Um, but the good thing is that it's um, kind of a melting pot. There's a lot of tribes here. So nice. there's 574 federally recognized tribes, I believe. Um, and Haskell holds about 300 or so to 300. Wow. So wow. it's a good diverse of tribes here. Um, but usually the majority is like Navajos and Cherokees. And there's a good group of Alaska natives as well. Um, so, you know, those who stay here are probably the ones I went to school with. And um, where I grew up with, was in the southeast of Lawrence and it's kind of like not the most developed um and definitely where Lawrence started to grow was in the northwest where okay. we, we like started to get Starbucks and we mm. like, like, <laughs> like you know so and you can even see demographically on my side of town there's still like landline poles you know mm, the, okay. they're not all built underground yeah we still have like billboards um so you can just see the little economic change of things. Yeah. Um, but other than that, and I still have, you know, all those low income housings in my district. Mm -hmm. um, and then we have colleges here. Um, but, you know, growing up, I think one of the biggest struggles was my identity and mm -hmm. really just wanting to fit in um, and really not accepting myself. Uh, you know, I wanted to have fair skin and blonde hair and blue mm. eyes because that's you know what all the guys are you know I mean, yes. I, yes. just not feeling um confident in myself and you know being different with my culture I was sort of embarrassed like I didn't even want to wear like my jewelry um and whatnot so yeah. trying to overcome that um I think really started when I started to do uh, Native American pageants mm. nice couple. um that's so cool there's like one of my crowns back here <laughs> oh wow it's oh, just yeah, it's just placed so 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 beautifully look at that that's so cool um, yes I think uh a lot of strong native women too and I look at um the other one of the other native women representative Dr. Punkwee Victor she mm -hmm. did the Native American pageant too in her mm -hmm. youth um and it's unique because uh, you know everything is like a talent and then maybe an essay but you have to show your cultural traditional talents nice that's where I was okay like you know I enjoyed learning about my culture and kind of finding my space in it in a safe nice. space where I felt comfortable um it's probably where I started to grow as in doing and being proud a proud indigenous woman yes beautiful. that is that. beautiful and that that's inspirational to a mm -hmm. lot of women who can relate to that experience that you have and you've had especially culturally I know a lot of island women when they come mm -hmm. here they have that those those feelings of not fitting in and wanting to be because at that age it's a very it's a difficult time you know high school and and uh, Nikki always says how she hated high I hated high school so much <laughs> oh, and, no. if I could erase it from my memory I, would. I don't think I would anybody would look back in my years and say yeah she fit in yeah she was no I was Definitely doing my didn't. own thing I Definitely wore vest and turtlenecks and they was like what the hell is her problem and <laughs> you know never yeah. wore they was like where is she at so yeah and wanting to to fit in you know mm -hmm. I I get that I think a lot of young ladies appreciate everyone boys too right now. boys girls yeah. everybody that's oh, yeah. age like everybody's just trying what? to fit in you're and right you know right. even the blonde haired blue eyed girls they still trying to fit in too would you believe that <laughs> would you believe that yeah ain't that yeah. some shit yeah they're yes. all getting spray tans and <laughs> i was about to say they're getting darker yes girl and so, they yes. getting darker they asses is getting bigger like how did that shit happen like I'm upset about that you know what I mean like I'm half black and I don't have a booty like that like how you get a booty like that anyway they can twerk and shit I can't twerk nothing moves it's, it's, it's not fair it's a different time it's, it's not fair time. These, those... <laughs> it's true right Christine right it's true you don't have to say it because you're you know you represent the United <laughs> United, you know you don't have to say it but I'll say it for you 
them white girls yeah. and them big booties <laughs> it's just not right okay um so you got into politics like what I didn't get into politics until recently, right? Until Trump got into office. Like I didn't find interest in it until really until this happened. Even well, even with Obama, like I wasn't really into it. How did you get into politics? Like I'm, what was it that sparked your interest? I'm in the same boat as you. Um, I call myself a late bloomer in politics where I didn't mm. cast my first vote until I was 22 years old. Um, so I didn't even vote for Obama when I was 18. And I guess I say this because I come from a household where we're not really politically active. We're not mm -hmm. really, really active in the community. Like my family, they're quiet. They stay to themselves. They, you know what I mean? Like we're just private like that. And, um, you know, how did I get into politics? Uh, probably from my public health background, um, so I've been in higher ed for eight years and that's because I struggled <laughs> uh, with uh, anatomy. I failed that class like six times in undergrad. <laughs> oh, what? Well, that's okay. That's okay. <laughs> Do it till you get it right. That's right. That's right. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I struggled a bit there and um, that's a whole nother story. But going back to the politics side, Public health, um, like the bread and butter is definitely research, writing papers, academics, academic posters. And I, I like that part. Um, I started to get bored with the results because after you do the research, you do the paper. Okay, it's like, all right, now you're on to another paper. Mm, right. um, so I wanted to see something like fully play out. And um, a lot of our solutions were policy changes. You know, you can give a community so much you know, community gardens and food banks, but it's all, they're all band-aid solutions. Mm -hmm. um, even with something like houselessness, um, a, a community shelter is just a band-aid solution. The real answer is getting them homes. <laughs> so, so, you know, who makes those And decisions? mental health. And people. mental health, yes. Yeah. Yes, and like the criminal justice system. And, you know, how that- Do a whole show on that, yes. <laughs> right. Um, who makes those decisions? They're elected officials. Okay. And, um, you know, I always been about indigenous public health and I would ask my elected officials, I had done like 10 internships to cover up that bad GPA of failing all those classes. <laughs> yeah, I um, <laughs> And I did. Now it all makes sense. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yes. <laughs> I am not academically strong at all. Um, <laughs> but... I did this internship in Washington, D.C. in 2019, and um, I, it, I was doing public health work there. I was writing papers for a nonprofit, and it was this, I thought this is what I wanted to do and the direction I wanted to go to, and then when I found myself, like, not wanting to write, I called my mom and I cried. <laughs> I was like, mm. I thought this is exactly what I went to college for in grad school, um, I you know I, I want to love this, but I'm not loving it right now. And mm. what, I'm, what really interests me, what I was really looking forward to was going up on the hill and visiting my con Congress uh, representatives and meeting their staffers. And that excited me. Mm. Um, and to talk about public health. So within that nonprofit, they let me um, shadow the congressional director. And I got to go with her to um, meet with congressional staffers because you never really meet with a congressman or woman. Mm -hmm. You meet with their staffers who mm -hmm. they are the ones actually kind of doing a lot of the work, um, which is really amazing. And I saw these staffers and they were all my age. That's <laughs> right. Like, you guys are running the country basically. Like Exactly. Wow. Exactly. And take the notes you know they write the reports and they give the suggestions to the to, to the politician and I was like how are people my age running the country basically it's because they don't get paid much <laughs> exactly exactly <laughs> exactly um, <laughs> um paid like nothing wow. and but it's good work it's it's really meaningful and powerful work and once I saw that and I, I just really love sitting at the table so being at the table, air quotes, um, I felt I was there and I would always see them struggle with Native American, Indigenous public health and, and any kind of advocacy in Indigenous spaces, you always have to give a history lesson. And mm -hmm. a lot of these meetings, you only have like 30 minutes with somebody or 15 minutes. And 
like 80% of that time is taking giving them a history lesson mm-hmm. so frustrating and you're just mm-hmm. like I wonder why like Indian country is 40 30 years behind on everything it's because people don't know the real history of indigenous yeah. peoples um so once I saw that issue it kind of brought that energy back home and I was like okay what are my state reps doing and um I was lucky to have the representative who was previously in my seat she was very smart, um, very engaged in the community, but you know, she didn't know about indigenous issues at all. Mm. Um, so I got to meet with her and then I got to meet with my state senator. Um, he didn't know either, and there's really not much movement. And then, you know, how did I get into politics? Um, one of the first things I, you know, I started to do when I started to break away from the academic world into the political world, I volunteered um, to get people registered to vote. And it was at mm. a grocery store um, in one mm. of the, uh, you know, uh, areas in Kansas City at a grocery store next to like a train station, um, probably, you know, it was in a low income area. And um, they target this, they target um, this area of the town specifically to get more people registered to vote. But once I noticed the people who were there to volunteer with me, they didn't look like they were from the community and they came in with like, like their name brands and like, like people who have time. I I know what you mean. (laughs) We know. You don't even have to continue girl. I understand what you're saying. And the people listening understand what you're saying too. Mm -hmm. Yes. (laughs) So you saw that and you were like, like Mm -mm. something's wrong here. That's right. And I was like, I don't like this. And um, I think people in that community, I was the only person of color too, who volunteered that day. And Mm -hmm. I think people were just a little bit more comfortable with me um, and, you know, doing some code switching where I don't have to always speak very properly. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. Uh, So, you know, once I saw that, I was like, oh man, I really need to be in this space. And I, Mm. they thought I did really good that um, the coordinator for that, um, hooked me up with the fellowship with Congresswoman Trace Davis's campaign to be a field fellow. Um, I only did that for a few weeks and then I had to go back to grad school. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. But, but obviously that was enough. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I think every time we see a person of color in politics with interest, we have to keep nurturing them because mm-hmm. it's a field that, you know, government and all that has screwed us over so many times. <laughs> um, so so yeah so that's you know one of my first baby steps to get into politics that's probably my biggest advice to those who I I get a lot of questions of how do I even get started you know yeah I saw I was gonna post yeah Yeah, you gotta you had to pay (laughs) I mean you know there's a fee (laughs) that's one of the things you have to do right oh to file yeah yeah so I it varies from state to state in the state of Kansas you can either get I think it was like a certain percentage of your district signatures, mm-hmm. but in my case, uh, it was the pandemic, so we weren't going to do that. No, right. Um, and so they had a fee to it. And some states they don't have a fee; like you have to get that signature. Signatures. Oh, mm-hmm. interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, what mm-hmm. life are you leading now, Miss Lady? Like I've been watching you on TikTok and you give me like your day to day, like what you do, like you work out, you know, you have just your juice and like you do your thing. <laughs> I need to do an updated one because it's a little bit more crazy. So I know like, yeah, that's what I was going to say. I know it's a whole lot more hectic now than it was before. So what, what has it been like for you? Like, are you very stressed out or is it what you had thought it was going to be? Is it better than you thought it was going to be? Is it harder than you thought it was going to be? Talk to me. Hmm. This is a very good question. Um, I filmed the day in my life. I just got to edit it and put it on YouTube. Um, but even in that, I found it difficult to like bring up my phone and record mm-hmm. um, just because I don't know. People are sometimes weird. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yeah. they are. <laughs> Pretty much. That sums it up. Yeah, they sure is. Beautiful word. Weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
but you know, I guess a day in my life, um, I get up early and I do that 30 minute commute. Um, and then I have three committee meetings and they're about, um, two hours max, but usually an hour and a half. I'm on water committee, health and human services and agricultural committee, um, which is really great because with my public health background that all encompasses into health and the well-being, um, as well as being environmentally conscious and making mm-hmm. sure that we take those steps forward here in the state of Kansas. Um, and the good thing about, I would say, is a lot of it is bipartisan support. Um, I feel like water isn't a Democrat or Republican value. It's an everybody value. We need it. You would it. think. Yes. Yeah, you would think. <laughs> you would think a lot of things were bipartisan, but. It is heartbreaking. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. I think the only issue would just be corporate greed. Um, mm-hmm. But other than that, I think, you know, we, we're a big agriculture state, so we want to make sure our water quality is good, but also being conscious about the water quantity, mm. about our aquifers and all, all that stuff, our wells and our wetlands. Um, and agriculture, too, um, it's really great because I get to work with Western people from Western Kansas who are in the rural areas, um, which landmass wise is a lot where uh, Kansas is. Um, and also I like to say my background in that is from my grandparents. Um, I grew up going back from Kansas to the reservation my entire life and usually through vehicle, through a car. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and um, my grandparents, they had you know livestock, they had cattle, we had mm. a lot of sheep. Um, we would herd <laughs> sheep and we would go into the canyon and um, walk, uh, make sure we look on the cattle and, um, you know, a lot of dogs and cats. Mm-hmm. So, and sometimes we have to haul water and I would yeah. feed horses and the sheeps with the hay and all that. So, you know, I understand um, the values of agriculture. It might not be literally in Kansas, but I've grown up, even like my mom would take us out of school sometimes to go drive us to Arizona to help with harvest Mm -hmm. uh, with my grandparents. So I understand that people make a living off of this. Um, And that's something of a value I really want to help with Kansas in and make sure we have more younger farmers coming in and making sure our culture is is great. Um, But yeah, you know, I absolutely love my committees. and everything in between is getting squeezed by meetings and mm. this is actually pretty fun except when I forget to eat lunch <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah um, it's yeah. where I get to meet with oh like God. advocacy yeah. groups yes. um, in my community um, across the state <laughs> um, one of my favorites is when you know high schoolers or middle schoolers will reach out to me when they're doing a class project or they oh. want to figure out how to make a bill um, so a high school reached out to me recently um, about a wetlands water bill. And nice. she was like, hey, I want to introduce this into your committee. I was like, okay, bet. Like, I don't know how to do this. So let's learn together. Yes. <laughs> That's so, right. I was like, I guess I need to learn sometime. Like, <laughs> That is so cool. That is I, awesome. wanted to, I wanted to ask you, what can we do mm-hmm. to support you? What can our communities, because we need to work together. All of our communities need to work together. People of color need to work together. And I always feel like our Native American communities, our indigenous communities don't get enough light. You know, think I learned so much from TikTok and listening to your communities and, and what their needs. And it feels like they're not being heard and we can relate to that. As, a, as women, we can relate to that. As African-Americans, we can relate to that. And so what can we do to support you also? Hmm. That's a good question. <laughs> I think it also depends on who you ask. Um, just because I see other indigenous creators who maybe that's their main platform is educating and mm-hmm. myth busting. Um, mm-hmm and activism and um, they, you know, sometimes people use them as a Google search engine and something, you know, like people, I haven't seen that too in my inboxes. Like some people will say, I, you know, haven't, you know, I think I'm on Cherokee land or something weird. And they're like, you're, I know you, you can help me with this Indian issue. I'm like, no, like, you you're supposed to come to me with like unemployment claims and like, yes. 
fraud and you know healthcare issues and I can help you with that uh, that's not what I was elected for to figure out what Indian land you're on yeah. um, first of all indigenous lands too yeah. um, like yes honoring that um but of course I'm just like sometimes ignore those <laughs> yes I can imagine but I mean as supporting you in your office how can as women as you know how can we support you oh um, right like both yeah. all your things <laughs> probably yeah yes um getting more um I think inspiring more women of color to run for office um I, I, unfortunately um, I had to be asked to run for office. And I feel like that's, there's a statistic out there where women have to be asked to run for office and men just say, oh, I think I will do it. I, mm. I'll, I'll do a good job at it. So I think when we, you know, find that one or two people to, it doesn't have to be like for state representative, it could be for city council. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm on a city council board with my city. Um, I'm on a human relation, relations board and it's a um, diverse board. When I look at other boards, there's you know, not a lot of diversity. Um, and even in my board too, I think I might be the youngest and mm. I would love to have like, you know, a 16 year old on it because a lot of policies we make take years to build mm. and then you know, if it's a bad policy, it'll take years to fix. Right. Um, so we need the input mm. of the future. And um, I think what you said, voting and getting politically active and finding your political voice is very empowering, but also very scary too and intimidating, which I completely understand because, you know, people can politics can easily go south in with your safety as well. And I reflect that back on what happened at the Capitol in the United States yes. on the 6th of mm. January and how every state capital kind of had a target on its back. And we actually didn't even, we were highly encouraged not to go into the Capitol those few days where protests were planned. Mm -hmm. um, and I didn't either just because my family kept saying, can't you stay home, please? Can't you stay home, please? Because I ran as a progressive Democrat and that's kind of, you know, the target. You have a target you have, on your back, yeah. At the, I, you know, I, I, I don't know if that's, if I was a target, but you just never know. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think, you know, how can we support each other on social media as well and normalizing it? Because I think about when I was a kid and I didn't see an indigenous woman in politics. Um, I thought if I were to go into politics, I had to go to tribal politics. Um, and that doesn't go well for my community if you're not fluent in Navajo. So, okay. Um, okay. Yeah. And I think oh. just communi community, uh, community organizing. Um, those are just a couple ideas I have. I'm sure you guys yeah, have. No, those are really, really good too. ideas. But exactly. Um, exactly. I have, I have two more questions for you before we finish off. Di, do you have any any other? No, go ahead. Then. Oh, okay. So these are like feeling questions. <laughs> so um, what did it feel like to... Sorry, I'm just thinking we're massage therapists. So of course they're going to be feeling, feeling questions. <laughs> what did it feel like... <laughs> when you knew you were gonna get sworn in mm. and you were deciding on what to wear? <laughs> oh, that every woman's <laughs> dilemma. Um, so I was actually recruited to run for office by Representative Dr. Punkui Victors, who's the first Native American in the Kansas State Legislature. So she's been mentoring me pretty much since day one. And she told me, you know, let's wear red. Let's coordinate and wear red. Um, and that also brings awareness to missing more indigenous peoples, yes. which red is the awareness color. Um, and we pre-filed a, a bill that was to address missing more indigenous peoples. And it just felt right too, um, just to wear this color. It's a very powerful color. And, um, you know, me and my mother made that outfit as well as my partner. Um, he oh, helped wow. Wow. So, it was beautiful. You know, there was a lot of love that was made into the outfit and I sewed on the ribbon to the skirt. Um, my mom pretty much did uh, the, the shirt and the jewelry too. Most of it was passed down. Um, a lot of the big fancy pieces um, my mom holds onto it because I feel like I'm not responsible enough to hold on to <laughs> this quite yet. Girl, you are on the fucking house represent, you are the house representative. 
Kansas in District 10. You are not responsible, woman. But I understand. I love that. I, love I understand. That. I totally get it. I oh totally get it. Goodness, That's like generations that. and generations and generations of like, <laughs> I, okay, I, okay, I'll give you a pass. Yeah. So, you know, she holds on to a lot of that. But other than that, um, that's kind of how the outfit was planned and to wear my, you know, indigenous outfit. Mm -hmm. um, I really wanted to visually give people a reminder that we're still here. Um, and then, you know, really thinking about it that day, that day too in the Capitol, I was just like, I wonder, you know, what kind of policies were made against us to dehumanize us or to intimidate us to because Native Americans did not get citizenship till 1924, mm -hmm. which was less than 100 years ago. And each state like had these intimidation laws to prevent indigenous peoples from voting at the polls. And this is quite common in all races too. Um, and I'm, I'm like, I'm sure Kansas tried to do something. <laughs> and I couldn't find anything online. And I asked our research department, they still haven't gone back to me. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm sure something must have happened. And that was just I'm going sure. through my mind that day. And um, just thinking, wow, like, <laughs> um, when you, if you ever come to Topeka, um, please do. And once <laughs> you go past the visitor center through security, there's a portrait of indigenous peoples from Kansas there in the basement area. Yeah. And it's, you know, I wish there was more of a, of an honor and representation of the indigenous peoples of Kansas, but just seeing that and walking by that every day, just, you know, it's all their sacrifices got me to where I was today and to even be here to be alive today. Um, maybe those aren't not my direct ancestors of Diné or Navajo, but I mean, all of their sacrifices combined with boarding school and with, you know, surviving, you yeah. know, malpractice and research and, you know, all that to hear, it was a big moment. Mm -hmm. I can imagine. I, I, I felt it and put it on TikTok. <laughs> so everyone else <laughs> share it with me. Did you, did you tear up? Because I teared up. Did you tear up? Um. Not really. I was just more excited. Like after I like sworn in, I was like, let's go. Like, I love so it. Excited. I love like, it. I just wanted to chest bump somebody. I was like, <laughs> like, let's change the world. And I saw like the speaker of the house, he's a Republican at the end of the aisle. I was like, yo, that was so awesome. Like, I'm ready to get to work. <laughs> be like, yes. Yes. <laughs> Also want to do a chest bump when you found out Joe Biden tapped Congresswoman Deb Haaland oh. to lead the Secretary of uh, yes. the Interior. Yes, I was like, first of all, I was like, what's happening with that? Like, because it was all speculation, and I was like, mm -hmm. is she? And then my campaign manager, who's more into politics than I am, he's like, no, it's like not officially confirmed. And even now, she has to go through the Senate. Yeah, um, mm -hmm. I don't even know like that timeline, like when. <laughs> Yeah, I call her Secretary Holland uh, of the Interior, yeah. um, but it was just like this is happening, and she was a big part of my success too in my campaign. Mm. Um, she endorsed me. She did a fundraiser for me. She even was wow. like one of the first peoples. Um, I like to tell this story where um, I was talking to her one night and just telling her like I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> like, like any suggestions are welcome. And she was like, do you have a stump speech? I was like, what's that? A stomp speech? She goes, no, stump. S-T-U-M-P, stump speech. I was like, what's that? What is that? It's kind of like your elevator pitch. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, see, learn, you learn something new every day. Stump speech. Wow, I need one of those. <laughs> she made me um, type out a, a one minute, a three minute, and a five minute and she's like, email me this. And then she edited it and she sent it to sent it back to me and was like, okay, this is how your tone should be. Like, like the political strategy of things is something like I have no idea of. So any person who's in political uh, in these positions, I always take their advice on. Um, so yeah, she helped me out. And then, you know, uh, Dr. Punkley Victors too has been a big help for me and um, teaching me even what to wear <laughs> as I wow. 
So it's oh, that, that is so, so cool. cool. That is Yay. So, so cool. Yeah. Um, I actually have two more questions. Oh, here we okay. go. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So um, on a serious note, can you talk to the people out there about the missing indigenous peoples? Because I feel like a lot of people don't know. Mm. Hmm. Yes. So I guess, you know, there's people would say this issue has gone back since colonization, since the Europeans have touched foot on the United States. Um, and some people will say 1492, where they came over and, you know, brought disease and then later genocide and um, even going to an issue such as, you know, Columbus Day in South America and all that, like they would rape women and they would um, take them as human trafficking and, you know, bring them back to their home countries. Um, this concept is a very old concept. Um, and that's where a lot of people feel like the beginning of this epidemic started. And just kind of carried out throughout the years um and you know missing and murdered indigenous peoples sometimes is often referred to as missing murdered indigenous women or missing murdered indigenous women and girls mm. um but you know we like i like the term indigenous peoples because when we look at modern statistics a lot of it is um men being i was about to say yeah the boys too yeah, and even um, so with my bill, HB 2008 that I co-sponsored um, with uh, Dr. Victor, she's actually the one that created this bill and introduced it last year. And I was, um, and that's another thing of how I got into politics, I saw her give a press release and I got to stand behind her when, and all of us other indigenous peoples that were there that day to see that bill introduced because Kansas hasn't taken any type of step forward to address this. Um, but, you know, talking back in modern times, um, we hear stories in North Dakota, South Dakota, where uh, indigenous women just randomly go missing. And, um, you know, unfortunately, we'll they'll find their bodies. But because of the systems of jurisdiction, um, and this goes back to how tribal sovereignty is and that relationship with the federal government, um, with a tribe on, on reservation lands, mm -hmm. um, this is going into indigenous Indian law, and I'm not really polished on this, but to my understanding, you know, if a crime happened on the reservation, it's, it, it goes to the FBI. Um, so sometimes you hear stories of, you know, someone's loved one has gone missing, they found their body, and it takes, you know, a couple of days for the FBI to come into the reservation to do a crime scene investigation. And with that, with the crime scene, you can't move the body, you know, it's a crime scene. So sometimes like they'll have to wait uh, mm -hmm. and the body will have to wait there for mm -hmm. until the FBI comes. Um, so yeah, but that's days of like wind and maybe rain and yeah, those things that come into play that would wash away whatever evidence there might have been. Yeah, and I, I, I hope I, I hope this is not how the same procedure is because we've got we've made strides with like um, at the congressional level like Savannah's Act and Woman uh, VAWA. Um, I'm blanking on on that acronym. Mm -hmm, that's okay. Mm -hmm. um, but you know, I think this is the stories that really started the movement. Um, and you know, Dr. Victor's shared with me a story about how an indigenous woman in Kansas City um, went missing um, and they found her body rolled up in like a rug um, next to a dumpster. And that's kind of like a cold case, like nobody knows what happened. Um, so trying to bring those types of awarenesses and like we previously mentioned, there's a lot of men that go missing too, but also, when we look into modern data and statistics, um, and this is why I liked the term peoples, because we look at people who might be more vulnerable, like uh, the LGBTQ plus community, mm -hmm. um, who, who might be in, in these trafficking environments, um, and the houseless people, mm -hmm. um, who, you know, might be more prone to, to this type of, uh, of this environment. And, um, that's just, you know, a little bit of what I know. I, I done a paper on it at the uh, nonprofit 
um, National Council of Urban Indian Health, which is where I interned in DC. Mm-hmm. I focus on these disparity issues in the urban area because I feel like every time we talk about indigenous policy, our minds always go back to a reservation. Right. Um, but 70% of Native Americans live off a reservation like myself. Mm. Um, so, and I always find there's this gap in um, resources that are probably aid to our tribes, but we're not on tribal lands that they really don't connect to us. In the right. Yeah. Um, so that's just a little bit of that. And it's not an issue in the lower 48. It's, you know, even more complicated in Alaska because they don't have reservations. They have corporations. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's another like land jurisdiction issue. Um, and I think that kind of falls into law enforcement of, okay, if a crime happens here, what's the rules and regulations and statutes there? And that kind of gets to where our bill, um, HB 2008, mm-hmm. where we, you know, it's not a perfect solution. Um, it's a nice step forward where we get to encourage the attorney general to provide training to our state law enforcement on missing or indigenous peoples, because oftentimes uh, we get misclassified as another race or, wow. you know, they don't really ask about our race. So mm-hmm. even the statistical data of, of it not being there is also another factor into it. And then we can also see that too happen with uh, COVID-19 where um, like CDC didn't really have a Native American race in the data uh, reporting. Of course uh, they didn't. <laughs> it's amazing. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. And many times in the media, now Nation was one of the highest for mortalities and more in cases of COVID-19. So, you know, that's where my public health really kicks in, where, you know, this data invisibility is such a big issue. Mm-hmm. That's what I said in my testimony and you know when it was in committee and to all, all 125 of my colleagues on the floor that just because we don't see it every day and something such as human trafficking is happens underneath our noses you know you really don't know what's happening until you look at the signs and even where you know people say some of the hot spots are at malls you know right. how often we go to a mall and don't notice this activity going on yeah um, but, you know, just because we don't see it, we don't see the data, it's not always in the media, doesn't mean it's not an issue. Right, totally. Um, so my last question is, what's next? <laughs> what is next for you, Christina? Like, what, 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 what are we going to see in the next coming, like, months and years? And what's next? Let's see. So next coming months, um, definitely figuring out how to... I guess learn the system and the rules. Um, for now, I'm really, some of my committees, we have a lot of presentations and learning all these agencies is, I'm, I'm literally getting crash courses. Wow. <laughs> an hour and a half of, you know, an agency and its departments. Right. And learning about the funding and mm-hmm. the budgets and the, you know, their duties and regulations and, you know, making sure that they're serving the community in a, um, good conscious manner mm-hmm. um and i think one of the biggest challenges about my job is um i don't i don't have like a law degree mm-hmm. <laughs> so even just reading a bill is something right oh my gosh that's so true i didn't even think about that mm-hmm. yes and um so i'm always talking with our lawyers that we call them revisers mm. and asking them to explain something to me and then i'm always asking my colleagues too and some of them are lawyers i'm like okay so does this mean and you know just kind of looking at red flags um so in the next couple months i hope to you know really learn um this job really well i want to do a good job mm-hmm. um i want to be effective an effective leader Um, Mm -hmm. but also balancing that with standing up for, you know, when I need to, um, also engaging more with my community. So I'm doing a lot of, I'm planning some tours, um, you know, and making sure that there's social distance because we're still in a pandemic, um, and really trying to reach out to, you know, the mayors in my city and to understand the systems in my own community because I represent two, um, I represent a little bit of Lawrence, but I represent an entire city called Baldwin City, and they're a little bit smaller, mm-hmm. um, and, but they're two different types of vibes and environments, and um, so really connecting with those people, and sometimes, like tomorrow, where I don't have too many meetings, um, 
sometimes I like to go out to the community and meet the local uh, business owners. Nice. And introduce myself. Um, I just saw you say that. Yes, online. <laughs> I just read that about you. Yes. Yeah. I think that yeah. is wonderful. Yeah. I think that is absolutely wonderful. Yeah. And I want to um, get more into social media right now. It's just a little hectic um, to sit down and edit and do all that. Because sometimes a TikTok for me can take a while with all the editing. And we try to, I try to do closed captions um, for those who are hard hearing. And that can sometimes take a quite, uh, a quite a bit of time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I want to continue to bri- provide this transparency and this breakdown of education um and even on my instagram um i filmed like a how to give a testimony mm-hmm. and i want to put that on youtube because i feel like that's a little bit more accessible to everybody mm-hmm. um so those are some of the work and i have a day job too um which i <laughs> you believe that yes wait a minute are you fucking amazing. serious amazing i work on the weekends now so i mean after session and when I have a good break I could work full-time but um, we can't pay nothing in the state legislature <laughs> no I mean I yeah that wow. makes sense wow wow so, when I'm not doing that I'm I'm doing that job and I work at um like a call center and we uh do COVID-19 like educating for one mm-hmm. of the local universities here and we're one of the first lines of like people call our number when they think they have COVID or they've been right. exposed. And it's kind of like um, a de-escalating situation because yes. all of them, they're scared. <laughs> like, yeah, I can imagine. And it's at, a, it's, at, it's at a college. So it's like 18, 19 year olds and they're trying to go home and see their grandparents. And right. like, oh, you went to a party last week. Like you shouldn't. Um. <laughs> I saw you at the bar outside. <laughs> hello yeah yes. so that's that's kind of what I do when I'm not doing this job and I got word wow. today that they're expanding our services to not the college but our community our um, county I believe so that's uh, exciting because yeah um, we like give people guidance on like CDC guidance and what the city has adopted so that's exciting and that's where I get to you know use my public health degree um you know, I really want to do a good job at this job. So politically, I don't know if, if I don't know, another office seat or position is in, in the, in the, yes, baby, you Um, know, it is. Running for (laughs) election is probably my first goal, just because I think these two years are just not enough. And Mm -hmm. I really want to do my due diligence and make, even building relationships is, something that it's, I feel like it's like 80 90 percent of my job is to work with people and to yeah. meet people and that takes yeah. time in itself yeah um yes. so I you know hope to do this job at least for another uh term um and then eventually I want to get my PhD <laughs> because that is beautiful representative wow. has what is only for two years you know doctor mm-hmm. Dr. Hazwitz for a lifetime, so. Oh, girl, yes, say it. That's what I'm talking about. I love it. I love it. I love it. Oh, you are definitely a delight and an inspiration, truly. You really are. We appreciate you so much. And I want you to know, I feel like a mommy at this point because you could be my baby. I'm 49. You could be my baby. And I was, every step you take leads you to where exactly you're supposed to be. So don't worry about it. Do not worry about it. Every mistake is teaching you what not to do. It has this purpose. Everything is a learning experience. So just learn, be present, breathe, and it's going to be okay. There's no such thing in my mind. There's no such thing as, as wrong when people say, oh, they failed to do it. Yeah, it taught me. When I say, no, I didn't fail. It taught me what not to do. You know, if I had to do it 10 times, it's because I had to do it 10 times so I can get to this point and kick out and kick butt. You know what I mean? (laughs) So take it all. Every step, it's taking you to exactly where you need to be when you need to be there. So if you didn't get it that time, it's because you wasn't supposed to be there. There was other stuff you had to do to be at that point. So you're going to be fine. You are inspiration to me and to so many. So we thank you so much. Thank you we so really much, do. Christina. Before we go, though, is there anything that you'd like to say to 
my audience or your audience, anything advice you'd like to give, any thoughts, any feelings? I think you've said a lot <laughs> that was really, really um, um, eye-opening and really thoughtful, um, but anything more that you might want to add or... I just always like to close out that, you know, at the end of the day, I want to bring representation. And that was my whole campaign purpose. I honestly had nothing to lose being mm -hmm. the youngest candidate and, you know, being someone who just came out of left field to run into politics. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, you know, I hope just my presence has shown people that they could be in this position too, because I'm not, you know, I don't have plans to be here for 50, 60 years. Like you all need to come and take my seat. <laughs> and I <laughs> when I've done my time here um and the youth can get involved as well but also you know older uh, the older generation too we need to hear your voices as well um and she looking at me when she said that's what I said that's what I said that's what I said I was like she's talking to us Diana the older generation I see I see what's happening here I'm just playing I forget you guys <laughs> <laughs> oh, but, yeah you know I I just you know I really hope that all of us um you know that feel like our voices haven't been heard mm -hmm. um that's why I always felt like too I hope you got that from my story where every time I went yeah. to elected official they didn't know anything about my culture my people and our struggles yeah. so I was like okay I have to be in your position someday um mm -hmm. So I, you know, I think when you get that crazy thought in your head that I could, you know, be a CEO, or I could be a director of a program, or I could be an elected official, um, believe in yourself um, mm. and give it all you got. And that's what I tell people too. It's like, just leave it all on the court. Like you will See? not regret anything if you just put your heart and soul into things. And even in my campaign, people told me not to be too native about things. Um, and I was like, that's exactly who I am though. Exactly. And you know, I listened to them for like a second and I was like, okay, I can't, I can't like tone down me being an indigenous woman. Yes. I'm, this is, I'm, this is the package deal. Yeah. And if people don't want it, then they're not going to vote for me. Fuck them. And they wanted it too. They wanted <laughs> I'm just it. joking. I'm not joking, but I'm going to joke. I'm joking for you because you know of who you are, you know, but yes. um. <laughs> Yeah, I, you know, I, and if everybody has any questions for me, um, can always email me at my house email, christina.hasbud at house.ks.gov. I'm also accessible on a lot of social medias, but um, please do not be discouraged if I don't message back right away. Feel free to double message me, triple message me. <laughs> Things will be a lot more slower after session. I'm just trying to read all these bills and laws. And <laughs> But other than that, yeah, I'm more than happy to talk to people who have the slightest bit of interest in the politics because even the campaign side, like I wanted to hire more BIPOC in my campaign, mm -hmm. um, but they weren't here in Kansas and like encouraging people to get into political systems when the government system has failed us people of color for so many, it's, it's a, it's a healing process. Um, <laughs> But, you know, that's something I want to work with um, now in the future of getting more of us registered to vote and involved in politics and understanding what's going on, because yeah. I'm on that struggle bus as well. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so to my listeners, I just wanted to say thank you to y'all for listening to Christina. You're amazing, my love. Thank you so wow. much for coming on to the show. Diana, you know you my girl. I love you. Um, love you too, so mama. Thank you guys for listening. I hope you continue to listen. Um, and we are out. Deuces. Bye.